Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. I had sent a text. I, I've been. I haven't gone home from church. I sent a text to Angie. I said, uh, have, "Has the ark been by yet? The ark, you know." And she sent me back a, a text with all question marks. And so, in the course of our texting or whatever, I live on the other side of town, and she said I had just sprinkled a little bit, hadn't done much. It deluged here two or three times. I mean, like two or three times. And thank you very much. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Okay, let's pray, then we're going to get into answers to your cliché life. Did you, did you enjoy last week? Nobody did? Yes, sir. Okay, so I'll make sure. Me and Sherry did. Nobody else? Um, when we pray, let's continue to remember Kathy Blevins, and there was somebody else, Sandy McQuinn. That, that's Gail Perry's sister. We need to remember her. Um, Pastor Hall's doing better. He's been in, in the office. He wasn't feel, feeling pure puny Sunday, but he's doing good. So, And Steve's mom, she needs a touch from the Lord. Susan Prater, okay. Naturally, I'm not going to remember all these, so we'll just pray for them all collectively. If you've got a need, let it be known by an uplifted hand. Amen. Father, we just thank you for the privilege again, Lord, to come to your throne of grace. Father, we thank you that at this point, it's not a throne of judgment. It's not a, a throne of... Uh, vengeance, but it's the throne of grace. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you that you've told us to boldly come before your throne. And Lord, we do pray for Susan and we pray for Steve's mom. We pray, God, that you'll touch Kathy Blevins and, and Sandy McQuinn and every request. We pray for those that are represented by the upraised hands, God, that you'll move in every situation and circumstance. And Lord, we thank you for the rain, but we just ask you to allow it to recede faster for everybody, and including those in, in eastern Kentucky. Pray that you'll touch this time together, Lord, that we learn together, God, for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Anybody remember what we talked about last week? And that's, you can't use that, okay? Uh, and Steve, something I did not tell you. Oh, man, I didn't give you the copy of the lesson. I'm sorry. I'll have to just give the scripture from here. Sorry about that. Uh, we talked about uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them because they're stubborn, right? Talked about, uh, therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. You can tell the men from the boys from the price of their toys. Talked about when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child, but when I became a man and put away childish things, sometimes that's hard for us men to do. I got one amen, that was from Lola, and her husband's already gone to glory. It is, it's hard for us to put away our childish things, isn't it, men? Oh, now, come on, don't be just sitting there leaving me out on the island by myself. You know it's true. I, my, I said it's hard for us sometimes to put away our toys. Huh? Sit there and be quiet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But these are cliches that we go through. You can't fit a square peg. Therefore, come out, out from among the world. I wish more people would realize that. When he said come out from among the world and be separate, it's not that we're better than anybody else. It's just we've got to live a different life. If people cannot tell me from the world, something's wrong. 
when we get to the point where we can't tell the church from a social club something's wrong. You know, this whole thing about uh, with what's going on in our nation, and you know, understand this, that people that are bringing things into our way of life are being, it's being instigated, instigate, is that the word instigated, by the demonic forces of the devil. Understand that. You can call them Democrats, Republicans, Independents, whatever you want to call them, but it's being instigated, it's being propagated, it's being started by the devil. And if we do not wake up as the church, we're going to end up like them. We are. And there's no way around that. And, and I, I'm getting to the point, I'm getting to the point to where I don't mean to offend anybody. And I, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, whatever you are. But if you vote for things that are anti-God, you need to check your salvation. Now, I'm looking at the wall so nobody gets offended. I, I just, I just, I don't get it. I don't get people that vote for people that want to murder babies. I just don't get it. 62 million babies have been aborted since 1973. 62 million. And I, I shared with you, I shared this with the church several times. There was a cartoon I saw several years ago. There was the upper part and the lower part. And the upper part was this guy looking up into heaven asking God, why didn't you send people to cure cancer and diabetes and cure all these different things? And the lower part, it's God speaking back. He said, I did, and you aborted them. Think about that. Think about that. You know, think about, think about the people that we could be touching with the gospel of Christ by the way we live and what we say if we weren't distracted by our own personal sins. Amen. Think about the people we... See, I'm convinced that the devil knows who real Christians are. I'm convinced of that. And I'm also convinced he knows he cannot blatantly look at Charlie Sparks and say, Charlie, I'm the devil, I'm going to do this and tempt you, blah, blah, blah. Okay? But what he'll do is he'll use all these little distractions to do anything he can to distract us from our real purpose. What is the real purpose of this house? To reach the lost. To reach the lost. Now, God's going to allow us to see miracle signs and wonders. He's going to allow us to go across the world, which he has already. He's going to allow us to grow in all these different things. But our ultimate purpose is to reach the lost. The first four words of our mission, vision mission statement is loving God, loving people. That's our first four words. And if we love him and we love people, then we're not going to be distracted if we love them and love him. Amen? I'm talking about answers to your cliched life. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's time that we put away childish things. You know, you remember the, the, the one I liked kind of sort of last week was you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know? And it was talking about the uh, prodigal son. It was talking about his brother. See, his brother could have had everything that he had, the father had when he was there. He just didn't take it and didn't request it, okay? Uh, another one was you can't make a, sow's, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You can't put the toothpaste... Back in the tube, right? Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. And you, this is the one I ended on last week, and I hope nobody get offended because I wasn't talking about anybody in particular. You can't teach an old dog 
new tricks, right? For when the time come that you ought to be teachers, you have, for when, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. We need to grow up spiritually, okay? And the way we grow up spiritually is, number one, we get in the book and on our knees. Those are the two things, and correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I don't mind to admit that I'm wrong. What's the two things that you're fought with the most? Reading and praying. Well, aren't you judging me? No, I'm not judging you. I know the answer to that because I ask people. When people are going through things and they come to us for advice, the first two things I ask them usually is, how's your reading going? How's your praying going? And you know what they'll say? Well, my praying's doing good, but the Bible's reading not so good. Okay? The Bible says to do what with the Scriptures? Search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. Right? So that's the two things he fights us most, most with. You know? And listen, you know, I know, I know, I pray going down the road. I do. I pray, especially if there's blue lights in the window. But I pray. Okay? I pray. And there's not blue lights in my rearview mirror that often, just for the record. Last time I got a ticket, I was doing something for the Lord. I still got a ticket. But anyway, I was on my way to see Sister Williams. This has been like four or five years ago. And I didn't have my cruise control set. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes I'll set, I, I, well, these days I set my cruise control at 75. Gets on his nerves. Because he wants me to go 80 and 85. I mean, you know, you know. But I didn't have a cruise control on. I was going... I was going 86 miles an hour. And, you know, it's that curve. When, you, when you're on the interstate, it's that curve right before you get to the split, you know, that, 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 that demonic curve, that devil turn. And there they sat. The thing about it was is there was a car that passed me, right? You know what he did? Told me to pull over, and he went after the other car and got his boat. Yeah, well, uh, tickets aren't what they used to be. They're way more expensive than they used to be. But my point is this, is we as believers don't need to be distracted, you know. Yes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Listen, we can preach, and we can pray, and we can sing, and the glory of God can fall on the house. But man, I love you, I do. But if you don't want it, God is not going to force it down your throat. He's not. And it is up to you. It is up to you to decide if you want the presence of God in your heart and in your life. And I don't know about you, I've got to have him. I've got to have the presence of God in my life. So answers to your cliched life, I've got two of them here. But before I do that, <clears throat> you know, I had you all fill out a thing about cliches and stuff. <clears throat> um, somebody explained this one to me, and I'm not asking for whoever wrote this down to explain it to me. I just don't understand it. A wise man will change his mind. Anybody know? My thought process was, if he's wise, why is he going to change his mind? All right. We'll go with that. Okay, now I've heard this one, and somebody tell me this. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. What's that mean? Snap. Get them, Jim. Be satisfied with what you have. Okay. I just thought this one was funny. Does a one-legged duck swim in circles? <laughs> Does a one-legged duck swim in circles? He's got to, right? <laughs> I thought it was funny. 
Do what? Ooh, is that what that means? Ooh. Do say it again, real loud. Oh, wait a minute, can you hear him? Okay, real loud. I'm not being smart. Ooh, right there, right there. Ooh, I'll have to use that one. Better late than never, unless it's the rapture. I put unless, the, unless it's the rapture part in there. Uh, you all, you've always heard grass is greener on the other side. I heard somebody say grass is greener on the other side, but it still has to be mowed. All right? Huh? Where? You know, that is true. Loud. You know, there's a sermon in that somewhere. Huh. He'll make it pretty, but underneath, it'll destroy it. Mm. Okay. Now, I've heard this one before, and it's, he's dirt poor. Is it just telling me, what's dirt have to do with him being poor? Anybody know? I don't know either. Now, I did not get this one, so if you wrote this, don't be offended. Tougher than tied on turtle fur. First of all, I never knew turtle <laughs> fur. Well, and that was on here too, you know. So I just, I just thought those were some of, some of them that were like, you don't have a leg to stand on. And I also included this. You have to stand for something or you'll fall for everything. Did you hear that? You have to stand for something or you'll fall for everything. And I'm afraid that's what's happened to some of the churches in this nation. Okay? I tell you, I'm getting to the point where it, it's got to be said and we've got to do something about it. You know? And I've, I've, I've told you this before. I feel sorry for the sinner. I do. When they look at the church, they don't see any difference between the church and the way they're living now. Because when you allow a homosexual to preach the gospel, something's not right. And I'll go even further if you allow an adulterer or a liar to preach the gospel, something's not right. But we've got to be different, not better. Listen to me. None of us are better than anybody else, okay? We all put our pants on the same way, right? But none of us are better than anybody else. And you've heard the old adage that the only time you should be looking down on somebody is when you're extending a hand to lift them up from where they are. Right. So the cliche is that you don't have a leg to stand on, or you, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Ephesians chapter 6, Steve, I'm going to go through 14. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 14. And I apologize to Steve, I did not get the scriptures to him. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word stand means to stand by, be ready, be at the ready to do what he wants you to do. It means to stand forth, stand out from the crowd, okay? It means to stand still. Sometimes you, and I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but sometimes you just got to stand. The Bible says when you don't know what else to do, to do what? Stand, okay? And it also means to stand up. Are you standing up for Christ where you work? Are you standing up for Christ in your friend's house and the different places that you go for? Or do you let them go along with their comments and their dirty jokes and all those sorts of things? Verse 13 says, 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. So that said to stand, verse 11, verse 13 says, to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand by, stand forth, stand still, stand up. And verse 14 says, stand. Again, stand by, stand forth, stand still, stand up. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, make sure that what you're standing for is the truth. I'll have people send me uh, things through Messenger on Facebook and stuff like that, and there'll be, excuse me, there'll be statistics and stuff, and I'll ask them, <clears throat> I'll ask them, I'll say, wh where did you get this information from? Is it confirmed? Because if it's confirmed and it's the truth, and it's statistics people they need to know, sometimes I'll post them on my personal Facebook page, but if it's not, if it's not confirmed and you don't know for it to be fact, don't post it, Right? You can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and stand girded with your, with your loins girded about with truth, but make sure it's the truth. Amen? The next cliche. Mm. And just for the record, this may be part of my sermon Sunday. You don't miss the water till the well runs dry. Think about that. And I heard, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at an association of churches meeting yesterday, and Shannon Cox was up talking about Eastern Kentucky, and he's been up there four times, and, and he said it, there was one county that all they have are cisterns and wells, and they're broken, and they're all contaminated. So they've got to have water, okay? I, I just, I never really imagined a whole county with cisterns and wells and not running water. We are so blessed. We are so blessed, and we take so much for granted. But these scriptures says, you, the cliche, you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. Jeremiah 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils. Listen to this. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. And let's just get right down to it. It's just you and me. It's just us. Have you forsaken the well, the fountain of living water? Not the well, but the fountain of living water. He said, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27 says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. And that word fear there means reverence. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of the devil. How do you defeat the devil? You reverence the Lord. How hard is that to do? We're not the king. We don't belong on the throne anyway. He does. Put him there. Put him on the throne of your life. Amen? We didn't take an offering, did we, Pastor Bill? We didn't take an offering, did we? We'll do that at the end. Revelation 21, 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Are you thirsty for him? 
I'm not talking about a chill and thrill. And Listen, ain't nobody likes to shout, dance, run, speak in tongues more than I do. Okay? But it's how I'm walking when I stop shouting and when I stop speaking in tongues and when I start all those things. Are you thirsty for him? Or are you more thirsty for this? You know, there's just so much you can do on these things. And let me say this. Can I tell them about our conversation last week? Is it okay? <clears throat> I was talking with Kathy in class. And she was in a lot of pain with her shoulder. And a lot of, sometimes that will affect her hearing, right? Am I telling it right? Okay, it hurts so much in her neck, she can't uh, do her hearing aids. Well, I'm sitting here talking to her. She's looking on her phone, okay? And this was a teaching moment for me, and I don't mind that. And I apologized all over myself, and she said it was fine, everything's cool. But she's sitting there, and finally I said, Kathy, look at me. Well, it turns out that she has an app called Live Transcribe, and it was transcribing everything that I was teaching, and she was reading what I was saying. And when it got to the point, said, Kathy, look at me, she looked up. And I thought, how cool is that? That's after I apologized all over myself. I felt about that tall when she first told me, right? But I thought, how cool is that? No, 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 no. I mean, thank you, thank you, no. And because, I mean, I, I wouldn't offend her or anybody else for that matter. But so many people are doing so many other different things. Well, I'm looking at my Bible on here, and that's okay, as long as that's what you're doing. But sometimes we have to put this down. And we have to silence it. And I don't know about you, but I have to turn it off sometimes. I had texted somebody yesterday something that I needed some information on a, on a, on a thing. And, and they texted me at like 623 this morning. And I, I wasn't out of bed yet. Angie was in the shower, so I was just kind of, I don't know if I was awake or asleep or whatever. Because, I, you know, I know I, I got approximately 30 minutes from the time she gets up and gets in the shower until I have to get up so she can make the bed, right? And so I'm, I'm laying there, and, the, and I got a text, and that's okay. But sometimes you just have to turn the phone off to get that time with him. And let me tell you something. There's nothing, there's nothing more valuable to us as husbands than time with our wives and our children and now our grandchildren. But they cannot even compare with the time we spend with him. Amen? I'm talking about answers to your cliched life. So stand for righteousness. Put on the whole armor of God. Don't allow the water that you are in to run dry. If you're thirsty, go back to the source. Go back to the fountain of water of life freely. Go back again. You only live once. So I put on the side, make your life count. You know, a lot of times when people say you only live once, they use that as an excuse to do everything else but live for the Lord, you know. And, and this thing about sowing your wild oats, I mean, really? Come on. In James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your, is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And I say amen to that. I'll be 61 in September. I was 21 yesterday. He only did that because I'm just a little bit older than he is. You know, there's one year that he's 
I'm 18 months older than he is, and there's half the other year that it's less than that, but he never lets me forget it. Yeah, he is. I tell people, I say, he's older than I am. He doesn't let me forget that, but he looks older than I do, and I don't let him forget that. That's what I tell people. Somebody asked me one time if he was 70 years old. I'm not kidding. 70. But you only live once. It's the wisdom. That's exactly right. You only live once, so make your life count for Christ. Lola, how old are you? Isn't that crazy? She looks about 75 to me, I think. You know? So, has it gone by fast? Isn't that crazy? And you're a great? One great or two greats? You're a great-great-grandmother, right? Two greats. Isn't that crazy? She's 80, 87, you'll be 87? And I can ask her that because, I mean, she's kind of like a mom to me. I've known her for 40 years. Huh? A coon's age? <laughs> for 87 years, yeah. But time goes by so fast. Charlie, has it gone by fast? Has time gone by fast for you, Charlie? That's all right. Isn't that crazy? Linda O'Brien, okay. Linda O'Brien, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He is, come on now. He is still in the business. Let's see. Jim, has it gone by fast? Absolutely. Jordan? And he's only, how young are you, buddy? 45. Did you see what he did? I said, has it gone by fast? He went, and it does. It goes by that fast. Pastor, what is it pastor says? Long days, short years. And that's so true. That's so true. That's the reason we need to make every moment count. Let me go a step further, husbands and wives. That's the reason you don't just be, be spending so much time arguing with one another over mi- minuscule things. Because in the whole scheme of things, what you're arguing about is your will. I'm looking right back here so nobody gets offended. You know, and you know what? I'll look at you now because I can tell you that because I'm saying it from experience. I would argue, not argue, well, yeah, we would argue because I wanted this or that, I wanted it. And I wasn't taking Angie into account for what she wanted at the time. But time goes by so fast that we need, what's the Bible say? Redeem the time. Redeem the time. I'm talking about the cliches, the answers to your cliched life. Sir. Yes. All of us men are thinking about that right now. <laughs> there, was a per, there was a couple that used to go to this church. They don't go here anymore. 
And they, they both swore up and down. They, in 15 years, they had never had an argument. Never. That's exactly what I wanted to say when I looked at them. Liar. How? Well, see, they lied. People can lie good. <laughs> and I don't know. They, they, but I don't see how you can't. Listen, you know, the wedding day is so deceiving, is it not? It's all this and all that. But then you got to do the laundry tomorrow and you got to go to work the next day. And, you know, there, there were times that, you know, people need to elope so mom and dad can buy them a washer dryer. Right? I'll tell you another story later. But anyway, talking about make your life count, Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, be fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. How do you make your life count? Walk worthy of the Lord. Walk with his approval. Have you been approved of the Lord? Does he approve of what you're doing, what you're saying, where you're going, how you act, how you react? Be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There is just so many times that I just, I just need to know more about him. You know, I'm not stupid. I'm not a stupid man. I'm not an ignorant man. But there's so much more of him that we can know about. The Bible says if all the books that were written about Jesus were written, it wouldn't fill what? The whole earth. Now imagine the books that would fill this room. But there's, that, there's just so much about him and getting his knowledge. That's the reason the enemy fights us with scriptures and, and praying because the Bible reveals him to us. And can I tell you that when I stand before God and I give an account for this class, I love you all, and I know you love me, but you're not going to be standing there with me giving an account. It's going to be me. Well, I take that back. I'm going to give an account, but so are you. Not together, but you're going to give an account for what's being taught and what you do with it. Because what you do with it is just as important as what's being taught. You know what the first thing is? The first thing you do with what's being taught is make sure it's in the Word. If I say something that's not in the Word, what am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do with it? Throw it out. Throw it out. And I, I'd say that if it was me, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Matt, uh, Billy Graham, you know, Jensen Franklin, Perry Stone, all those big, big, big guys. Throw it out if it's, not in, if it's not in the Scripture. Verse 11 in Colossians chapter 1 says, Strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Did you know that you're supposed to be patient when you're long-suffering and be joyful about it? How many are joyful about it? Yeah, I'm not either. We've got to work on that. We really do. We've got to work on that. Why am I got to work on it? Because the Bible says we're supposed to be that way. Verse 13 says, I mean, verse 12 says, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I am part of the inheritance that Moses is getting and going to get. I'm going to get part of the inheritance that David got and that Peter got and James and John got and that Jesus got. 
How do you know that? Because he's my brother. And if we're brothers, it's the same family. And from what I understand, when the father leaves an inheritance, it goes to the whole family usually. Right? I'm talking about that we need to make sure that our life counts. Verse 13 says, and you know, these scriptures are all just extras because I like them. It goes well. Verse 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Now, I'm trying to figure out how come none of us shouted on that one. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? We have been delivered. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have a place in the kingdom. There is a place right up there, right in heaven. It says Michael Smith. It's not going to say Pastor Mike. It's not going to say Reverend Smith. It's going to, even if it just says Mike, I'll know who it is. Just because there's a few hundred million of us. I'll still know mine. I'll know my place. That will preach. I know my place. And my place is not with the scum of the earth. It's with the righteous and the redeemed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And verse 14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. I could say that to each one of you. You've been forgiven. So two things. Stop acting like you haven't been forgiven and start declaring the fact that you have been forgiven and other people can be too. You've been forgiven because of his blood. That's the dangerous part in church world today is that so many people are taking the blood out of the equation. Listen, when you take the blood out of the equation, you might as well close the church you might, because it's become a social club. Because it's without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, I'm not redeemed. Without the shedding of blood, I have no hope. I have no hope of healing. I have no hope of provision. I have no hope. And there's nothing worse than not having hope. I'm talking about answers to your cliche life. And verse 15. Let me go back to 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even in the forgiveness of sins, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. We are the image of God. So the question is, when people see you, do they see him? If people look at me and see something else but him, I need to change my reflector. Because we are to reflect him to the world. We are to reflect him to the world. I want to go a little bit further. And I'm talking about making your life count. For verse, four, verse 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, For he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I get kind of tickled, you know, when people say, well, this tree is 500 million years old. Or, or they say it's only 26,000 years old. Well, I'm thinking, how in the world do you know that? You weren't there. But he, from the beginning, 
He, from the beginning, it was Him. It was God Himself that from the beginning created us, created those things, created us for His glory. And verse 18 says, And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have preeminence. Now let me tell you something. And I've told you this before. Whenever I have a meeting going on or I have an activity that I'm in charge of or anything like that, okay, and pastor's not there, okay, usually I'm the one in charge because I'm having the event, okay, the moment he walks through the door, he's in charge. I don't care who's planned it. I don't care who's got all the details done. I don't care who all's there. He's the one in charge because he's the head of this house that God has put here. Okay, but can I tell you, when he's planted and he's preaching and he's doing good, when he walks in the place, he's in charge. Amen? And that's the way it ought to be. He's get, he gets preeminence. You know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't mean to offend anybody if you've been Catholic, but don't they call cardinals or something preeminences or something like that? You know, what a misjustice, a carriage of, ju- of justice, miscarriage of justice. Because the only preeminent one is God the Father on the throne in all of his glory. And the desire of this house is for him to take that throne and set it right here. Set it right here. Yes, Lord, do it. Do it. Do it. And verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him, Christ, should all fullness dwell. Make your life count, church. Make your life count. Make your life count to the clerk at the store. Make your life count to the gas station attendant, even though you're paying so much a gallon of gas. Make your life count to the grocery clerk, even though it's not her or his fault. The price has gone out of this world. Make your life count. Another cliche, you snooze, you lose. You snooze, you lose. It's important that when Jesus returns, he doesn't find us sleeping. He doesn't find us, find our lamps half full. It's important that he finds us ready to go. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12, listen to this. Proverbs 20, 12 and 13 says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. And you know what that verse means to me? And it may not mean anything to you. Verse 13, love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. To me, it means don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Get up and work. I don't have a problem if you can't make it for whatever reason, and you need to go on welfare or you need to get WIC or something like that, I don't have a problem with it. Unless you're able-bodied and you can get out and work. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't. If you don't work, you don't eat. The hearing ear, verse 12 says, the hearing ear, and the word hearing there means to hear intelligently, watch this, often with implication of attention, 
obedience and causatively. Now, I had to work, look up the word causatively because I didn't know what it meant. And you know what the word causatively means? It means being the agent of cause. Are you standing up for a cause today? It's good to stand against abortion. It's good to stand against ungodly things. But are you standing for the cause of Christ? Are you standing for him? I'm talking about if you snooze, you lose. And so many times we miss the presence of the Lord because we're thinking, man, Pastor Mike, you know, it's past 12 and, and we need to go eat and all these sorts of different things when the Father doesn't have a time clock in heaven. Not a one. Now, I can't say anything about this house because for the most part, You'd sit and listen to us if we preached for two or three hours because you've proved that. Because sometimes it goes past 1230 or quarter to one and you're still here. Why is that? Why are people, you radical people, like Pastor says? We have so many people in this house that are so hungry for the presence of the Lord, they don't want to miss anything. And that's the reason we need to be a part of every service. Now, being sick is one thing. Being out of town for vacation, work is another thing. Being dead is another thing. You can't make it. I understand it. But if you're not sick, dead, or out of town, be in the house. Yeah, but you don't know what kind of night I have with the babies. Be in the house. Well, that's easy for you to say. You're a man. Listen to me. I had two, my wife had two boys. I understand. But come Sunday, the boys knew we were going to church. There wasn't an option. And you know what? For the first little bit, there was a little bit cost. But after, after they learned that we meant what we said, they just followed in line. Well, are you hard-nosed about it? No. But the Bible says what? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And bless our hearts, if we cannot see that day is approaching faster and faster, moment by moment, we need to ask God to take the blinders off. Yes. We just got to. You know, I think, and I've, I've read somewhere where China and Gog and all this stuff. But listen, listen to me. You know, China could invade Taiwan, invade them, and with a matter of hours, we could hear about it on CNN or Fox News. Okay? Somebody could invade a rip. It could all happen in a matter of hours. Well, this, this, and this has to happen before Jesus comes. Let me tell you, if this, this, and this has to happen, it could be like a domino effect, and all this happened in a short amount of time, and he could return. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready for his return? Above all, be ready. Because if you're not ready and you left, it ain't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I'm talking about if you snooze, you lose. And I, you might as well just follow that one up with, you win some, you lose some. But you know what? That's not scriptural. You win some, you lose some, is not scriptural. How do you know that? Really easy. Really easy. Did Jesus ever lose? Yeah, but he was the son of God. If he is in us, we don't have to lose. Well, you sound like you got it. No, I don't have it all together. I've lost plenty of times, and I know how hard it is. I know how easy it is 
to slip back into the old things all over again when we need to say, Father, enough is enough. I'm tired of losing. You know, there's the old age question. You know, we sin more or less every day. Do you have to sin? No. You don't have to sin. You don't. You don't. The Bible says for you to be perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. The difference between me and him is he never sinned and I was born into sin. Okay, the scriptures for that. Matthew 4, 3 says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God. What an arrogant little twit. What an arrogant little twit. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You don't have to lose. Stand with me, would you please? Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.